A gritty road win for the Missouri Tiger basketball team. I got to tell you, once again, I think this is an NCAA tournament squad. This only just confirmed it last night. Plus more news on the 2023 football roster coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, your team every day, and this episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this Sunday's matchup between the Tigers and Southeast Missouri State right here on Sling via the SEC Network, Sling the TV you love for a price you'll love, try it today. Ah, yes, nothing like a good victory on the road. Moving to 8-0, and the Missouri Tiger basketball team. Of course, Jeff Goodman, not impressed. Dick Vitale tweeted out that he thought Missouri was underrated at 8-0. and Jeff Goodman going, have you seen their schedule? Yes, Jeff, we all know. Not a great schedule for Missouri so far. But don't you worry, Kansas coming up soon enough. And, of course, bragging rights in the rest of the Southeastern Conference. But i got to tell you, that's the type of victory that, while on paper and really just watching the game, it wasn't pretty at all times, that's for sure. Missouri shot about 21% from the three-point line. He says he says about as he tries to buy time here, as he pulls up the box score here. But to be outshot by a great extent by the Shockers in that ball game and to still pull out a victory in overtime, really impressive stuff, especially when you consider Missouri still scores 43 in the first half. I really just liked most of the shots that Missouri was getting in that basketball game, despite the fact that, well, not many of them were going in. I thought Nick Honor in particular was a little bit off the mark, but again, I couldn't complain about any of the shots he was actually taking. So to me, this is a great sign. Even the shots that I thought, even Missouri was being a little aggressive with the three-pointer at times. I had one friend in particular, commenting that, boy, I wish we would stop shooting so many three-pointers when they aren't going in. And you know what? I, I see the point there, of course, but to me, I actually felt the opposite. I was glad that Missouri wasn't afraid to take some aggressive shots, even though they weren't necessarily going in. I like I like the fact that, if anything, you got to rein this team in a little bit. Nobody seems to be afraid out there whatsoever. To me, that's a big-time plus for this team, not a negative. And while in the first half, I thought the ball movement was still really good, I thought the Tigers bogged down quite a bit. In the second half at times, the ball was sticking just a little bit too much and certainly give Wichita State credit for changing up their defensive coverages, going a little bit of zone that got Missouri out of sorts a little bit at times. Certainly, I think... When you're going through those long stretches of no offense that are going to happen on occasion, it sure would have been nice to have Isaiah Mosley out there, right? He seems like the guy who, hey, it's into the shot clock, things have bogged down a little bit. He doesn't even necessarily have to take the shot, but just his playmaking ability alone, I think, can get Missouri 
a good shot. But on Isaiah Mosley, apparently, according to Dennis Gates, nothing to be terribly worried about if you're a Missouri fan. It doesn't sound like. According to Dennis Gates, quote, Isaiah is just working through some personal things, and I want to give him privacy at this moment. But there's nothing behavioral. There's nothing from a standpoint of anything else or an injury. There's nothing like that that has taken place. It's just I've got to give him his space and credit for what he's doing and understand that right now. It's just a privacy matter, and I want him to stay connected, which he will. He was coaching on the bench tonight, which was beautiful to see. So clearly not a disciplinary matter. According to Dennis Gates, I had seen a little bit of speculation that perhaps Mosley was sick. Doesn't sound like a kid who is sick. I have no idea what's going on. Obviously wish him the best. Whatever it's Whatever's going on, take your time, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. But obviously at some point, if you're a Missouri basketball fan, you want Isaiah Mosley on the court. It's just kind of a relief to know that at least him and Dennis Gates aren't butting heads, it doesn't seem. That is a relief for sure. By the way, I've mentioned the Missouri-Kansas game before. Of course, that's right around the corner. In fact, a week from Saturday on ESPN at 4.15, Mizzou Arena. Of course, you can check that out on Sling TV. But one thing you might not have thought about, the Jayhawks currently ranked ninth in the country. I actually think this could be a showdown of ranked teams by the time we get there in just a week and a half. Now that Missouri has a legit win on the road, they've mostly blown out everybody else. They're almost certainly going to be undefeated going into that game, assuming the Tigers take care of business against SEMO this coming Sunday. So I just think they got a few votes in the top 25 already. A decent chance you're going to see a battle of ranked teams in Columbia. Who would have necessarily expected that? So that's really exciting stuff. And by the way, on top of that, I mentioned Kansas ranked number nine, at least in the polls. Well, if you look at the Ken Palm projections, not really liking Kansas quite as much so far this season. Kansas only, and I say only a little bit sarcastically there, because usually Kansas is in the top five or 10, but only 17th so far are the Jayhawks in terms of projections. The Tigers 37th, and you add it all up, well, the Tigers right now, KenPalm.com, a 77-76 ball game is the projections, a one-point loss for the Tigers. So obviously a lot of room for those projections to change quite a bit and just random bounces here and there. One point, yeah, the point is this is going to be potentially a really, really exciting basketball game and really maybe the most anticipated Missouri basketball game in, I don't know, you tell me, maybe Michael Porter's debut that didn't really happen, maybe since then. And coming up, there is still more basketball to get into, but first let's transition to the gridiron for a little bit and talk about a longtime contributor that is heading off to the NFL. But first, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Bet online even has podcasts these days. Oh, great. That's what I need. More competition in the sports podcasting space. Fantastic. But you know what? Over at betonline.net, interestingly, Missouri was 
the longest of long shots to win the national championship at 500 to one. Well, now 250 to one. Hey, that's still a big time long shot. Not saying you should bet on that, but it is a recognition that Missouri's lot and perception is going up as we speak. So just an interesting note there. But all kinds of futures to bet on. Baseball, basketball, football, soccer, Foyton, everything you could possibly imagine. So head to Bet Online right now where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. For your second listen, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories, go beyond the box and behind the scenes with experts and insights only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get finer podcasts. And some more news about the 2023 roster for Missouri. As we expected, Martez Manuel not going to be back next year, as he had already basically told us at this point. But he made it, I suppose, official, as the kids like to do these days on social media, announcing that he's going off to the NFL draft this year, attempting to make that dream come true, and also that he will not be playing in the bowl game this season as well. Now, you might remember Martez didn't play in the bowl game last year either, was recovering, well, about to get surgery on an elbow injury, actually. Of course, Martez and I, a bit of a miscommunication there that you, you all might remember. But, of course, you know, I think Martez Manuel is actually a really tough guy, was not trying to throw shade his way whatsoever. But, hey, that's social media for you. Sometimes people just talk past each other. But, hey, a Columbia kid, a, 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 a true son, without a doubt, Martez Manuel, all the best in the future to you, young man, for sure. Hope you make the NFL, no doubt about it. And frankly, if he's going to make it happen, I would have given him the same advice. If you're going to try to make this thing happen, it's probably now or never. I wouldn't. I don't think one more season at Missouri was really going to do a whole lot for his stock one way or the other. And in terms of other news, a lot of other players beyond Dominic Lovett, some other players I mentioned, Travion Ford, the rush end, I guess you could call him, defensive end, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. He's transferring along with quarterback Tyler Macon. Devin Nicholson, the backup linebacker, going to use his final season of eligibility somewhere else. Also, backer, backup linebacker Zach Lovett. Senior safety Jelani Williams, planning on using an extra season of eligibility, transferring all that good stuff. So for the most part, so far, other than obviously Dominic Lovett, a really significant loss, but at least so far the names out there have been guys that are backups looking for more playing opportunities, one last year to go for, to get, get some more reps, that kind of stuff. Hard to blame anybody on that one. But I do have to say, again, nothing personal whatsoever to Dominic Lovett. But I do have to say, if I'm an NFL scout, I don't really need to see Dominic Lovett on another college football team. I just don't. For instance, if Dom goes and plays for Alabama next season, well, and that's a possibility, apparently, if you're if you're listening to the rumors, well, if he plays for the Tide next season, am I really going to get a better read on what kind of player he is? 
I honestly don't think you will. You're still going against essentially the same players. You're going against SEC competition. What's the difference? Let's say he okay, let's say he's the number one receiver for Alabama and ends up racking up more traditional statistics like yards and touchdowns than he would have for Missouri next year. Or perhaps it's the other way and he gets fewer opportunities as the number two or three guy and gets fewer traditional statistics. To me, either way, those things completely miss the point. If anybody is looking at traditional sort of yardage production to judge a wide receiver at this point, well, frankly, they're a terrible NFL scout anyway. When you're at Missouri at this point, this is ultimately my point. Yeah, Missouri is not the peak of of programs, but they're in the peak league. There's no doubt about that. You get the best competition and coaching in the Southeastern Conference. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind about those two statements. So if this is about money thing, okay, then I sort of understand. If you want to strike while the iron's hot, I get it. But honestly, if you're if you're Missouri, isn't he worth more to us than another team? Again, I'm tired of spending money on lavish, I don't know, facilities for the football program and then watching the real assets, the actual players, what, go somewhere else because we're not allowed to pay for the players as much as whoever the Rusty Drewing equivalent is in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm sorry, this whole, this uh, without, I know I'm repeating myself here, but just the economics of all of this is absolutely insane. So the, the, the universities, the athletic programs themselves, they're the biggest beneficiaries of all this massive television money that comes in, but somehow the players can't get any of it because what? We're going to spend it all on multi-million dollar south end zone facilities and indoor practice facilities, and then we're going to cry poor and say, well, we don't have any money because, uh, yeah, we spent it all. Gee, it's almost like they're the federal government or something. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll pump my brakes here on that particular comment. But in all seriousness, you've just we've got to get some kind of semblance of reality here because in the pros – in the NFL, well, guess what? That TV money that the the teams get from NBC and CBS and Fox and, and Amazon Prime now, well, guess what? They then have to put that money back into the team, and into the team means the players too. That's why Patrick Mahomes gets a lot more money because than, than, say, Lenny Dawson did back in the day. It's the TV money. Well, don't tell me that you're doing NIL for the kids, but yet you won't let the kids touch the TV money. Please, quit being hypocrites. I'm tired of it. And holy crap, as I was doing that last segment, Tunisia just scored a goal with like two seconds left in extra time. I'm sorry, France scored against Tunisia, tied the game. That's one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen, but... I kept it together because I'm a broadcasting professional. But you know what? we got to talk more about Missouri basketball coming up, including some head-scratching minutes decisions by Dennis Gates. So let's question the 8-0 basketball coach. Coming up right after these quick words. Oh, hey, never mind. The French guy was offsides. Tunisia wins it. I know, an exciting live update. 
uh, an exciting soccer update here on Locked On Mizzou. But I will say, in all seriousness, from my previous segment, hard to question a lot about what Dennis Gates has done so far. He has implemented clearly a completely different style basketball team than what Missouri had last season with a a different roster for the most part and to really stunning results. But I have to say I was a little disappointed that we didn't see Aiden Shaw until about six minutes left in the first half. Shaw also didn't play a whole lot in the second half either. It seems like his sort of crunch time defensive forward role where he would rotate in out offense defense at times during some previous crunch time appearances at least for this game was usurped by Ronnie DeGray but at the same time hey I've always the last year I I like Ronnie as a player as a hustle guy all that good stuff and so it's good to see him out there at the same time I think Aiden Shaw is already a really good rebounder, just a really explosive finisher, just gives us the type of athleticism that nobody else on this roster can. And frankly, I love what Shaw has done on the board so far. I'm not saying he's one of the great rebounders in the conference or anything yet, but considering how he is undersized, no question, he's going to put on some muscle mass during his Missouri career. But he's going after it. He's tenacious, and he's playing hard. And at this point in his career, I can't ask for any more than that. So me personally, my personal preferences, if I were coaching, we'd see we'd be seeing a little bit more Aiden Shaw. But again, he's a young guy in the first month of his college basketball career. So certainly, I'm going to give Dennis Gates the benefit of the doubt here. Now, while Aiden Shaw only got nine minutes, well, notably, Kobe Brown only got 19. And of course, a lot of that was due to first half foul trouble, but even more noteworthy, Brown was basically parked on the bench during crunch time and overtime, as far as I could tell. But you know what? I wouldn't overreact to this whatsoever. I think, you know, maybe Brown just wasn't quite feeling it, having his best game perhaps, but mostly though, it just seemed like Dennis Gates figured out down the stretch, hey, I need some extra ball handling on the court right now. And obviously Noah Carter had it going pretty well. So he just decided to go four guards and a forward, essentially. Obviously, Sean East, the second, played his most minutes of the season so far and was very effective. The Shockers had problems with his first step, and I think that's why East was out there. I think Missouri just needed his dribble penetration, and I think just one more shooter out there. You know, Kobe Brown is a guy who's willing to shoot. He's never been a guy who shot over 30% from the three-point line, to my knowledge. So he's a very average to below-average three-point shooter. So I think just for this game, with – the size of the Shockers not really worrying Missouri that much. Well, we decided to go a little bit smaller, and down the stretch, it paid off. So, good move by Dennis Gates. And finally, just a couple more bits of praise for Dennis Gates. I thought the late-game execution at the end of regulation by the Tigers was really good. A great back cut, back cut excuse me, by Demoy Hodge with about nine seconds left in the game. It's almost as though the Shockers were stunned that a team would actually try to run a play down one. You know, everybody else seems to just dribble the thing out and take a step back 
three-pointer, even when you're losing the game once again. Well, Hodge makes one free throw to tie it, and then actually with 2.3 seconds left, East inbounds the ball. By the way, he stands back maybe 10 feet almost back of the baseline. I mean, he's back there with the camera guys and stuff. Uh, kind of a smart move because it gives him a better angle because then the Six foot ten guy they inevitably have jumping up in front of the inbounder there. Well, now suddenly your angle's a heck of a lot easier. East throws a good pass down to Trey Go Million. And considering again, you're on the baseline, you're ninety-five well, you're ninety-four feet away, but you add that extra ten feet, it's like you're a hundred and four feet away. That's about as good of a shot as Missouri was gonna get in that situation. So Even though it didn't go in, I think all things considered, really good execution by Gates and the players in both of those spots at the end of regulation. So to me, all this is a really good sign going forward. Once again, Missouri survived a 16-0 run. The Shockers, for the most part, shot really, really well, much better than they usually do from the three-point line. Tigers didn't shoot well at all, and yet they won anyway on the road. So an impressive, impressive result, in my opinion, for Dennis Gates and company. So you know what? Hopefully you've enjoyed the Tigers so far, and hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast today. And you know what? Thanks for making it your first listen. So once again, make Locked On Sports today. Your next listen, the big stories, the instant reactions, the big game recaps, and the take of the day available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get yo podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.